right, Harry? Did you see that ludicrous display last night? The Champa handball is in. Can he tee up someone in red? In it goes to one. It's what's wrong? What's about that? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the All Nations Football Podcast with myself, Joseph, and my very good friend, Owen. Hello there, everyone. I'm glad to be back. So, how's your week been, fella? Yeah, it's not been too bad, thanks. Um, I'm in work tomorrow, and then I've got a long weekend because our mutual friend, Matthew, is coming to stay for a few days. Um, he's listening, our friend Matthew's a bit of a madman, so I'm, expect- I'm expecting a wild few days. All socially distanced, of course. Uh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. No, I'm pretty jealous of one of this. I'm, I'm pretty jealous I'm not going with him anyway. And Edinburgh's a beautiful city as well. Um, no, I've been the same. Back to work this week. We're running a little bit late today, aren't we? Been all over the shop. Oh, I fucking have been anyway. Yeah, uh, um, Joseph has been a bit of a liability today. He's turned up an hour late for recording. So he's got a slap on the wrist. But at least he hasn't been in a boozer like the Aberdeen players. Yeah, I'm, this is for my paid job as well, you know, just, just to remind you. I have, I have real-life obligations to go back to in there uh, today. It just slapped me in the face. Anyway. I mean, if if, if um, Paddy Power wants to start paying us uh, £1,000 an episode, we can give up, give up the day job. Yeah I'll, t- I'll, yeah, I'll take less than that to start with. You know, any, anybody out there, we know we've got, we know we've got journos listening to this. Anyway, we, we digress, we digress. Let's, let's talk about what we, we all came here to talk about, and that is the foosball. Um, obviously, not a lot to talk about in the English League. Uh, we will touch on the Scottish League, as we always do. But first, I think we should touch on the Champions League and uh, Europa League ties that have been going on uh, in the week. Obviously, Manchester City qualifying against Real Madrid. Uh, amongst other big results, what did you make of the week's results? I didn't watch Bayern Munich Chelsea because the game was won already. But as expected, Bayern Munich got through the Chelsea tie quite comfortably. Um, Barcelona, I thought were pretty good, although some people said they weren't so impressed by Barcelona. But I was quite impressed by Barcelona. I thought they, I thought Barcelona did well. Um, it is going to be tough for them to come through against Bayern Munich. Um, but yeah, not overall. I um, I'm really excited for the Champions League ties um, this weekend over the weekend. Um, what about yourself, Joe? Um, well, like you said, yeah, the Bayern and uh, Chelsea game was sort of a formality, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. I think the Real Madrid and Man City one was the one that caught my eye the most. And uh, to be fair, I, I expected Man City to win the game, and I, I got to say, and I, I think I have said on previous weeks, I think I fancy him to win uh, the whole competition. Um, Real Madrid. I think that's the first time they've been knocked out, or Zidane's been knocked out of the um, the knockout stages. So uh, that's an impressive feather in the cap of, of Man City and Pep Guardiola. Um, and yeah, I I suppose the the other shock result was was the Leon and Juventus result as well, wasn't it? Um, Leon obviously losing the game but still getting through. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So this is one that um, I thought about a wee bit about this one. So Juventus obviously, um, okay, sorry, for those who don't realise, Juventus won the league with a game to spare and ended up only winning the league by one point ahead of Inter Milan. Um, But 
and Sarah the Juventus coach was then um, sacked and Andre Pirlo was appointed manager. We'll touch on that shortly. But um, one of the things that has been said about this Juventus side is that it's not very good. And Sarri was kind of forced into a system They try and they tried to play far too much through Ronaldo. And when that doesn't work, they, they don't win. And they sort of got away with it in Italy because... Italian football is not of the greatest of standards, but in Europe they're not going to get away with that. And although Lyon finished what six or seventh in France, they are a good side, and I mean they defended very well. I mean that was the thing they defended very well against Juventus. It wasn't like they outplayed them. Juventus were still the better team over the two legs, but Lyon got the better of them because they knew how they played. They knew if they could man mark Ronaldo or put three men on Ronaldo, as the case was at times. They knew that they could get through and they could win. And that's a problem. Sarri's Juventus side was far too predictable. And so I think some people watching on maybe wouldn't put that down as, as much of a shock as it maybe looks like on paper. Yeah, that's some interesting points there as well, I think. But I again, when they got Leon pulled out of the hat, I think every Juventus fan, you know, you've got to be winning that tie. It's the same expectation Manchester City will have now. And, you know, it would have been a bit of disappointment to them because winning the league, as you say, is a formality for them in most seasons. This season got pushed further than they have probably for the last best part of a decade. So, you know, again, there's not so much prestige in winning that trophy for them anymore. So I've, winning the Champions League is everything. I'm surprised they've plumped for Perlo, but again, you said we'll, we'll come on to that in a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, you, I suppose you can really understand the disappointment to the club and the fans, but to have it on Maurizio Sarri's head, I think is uh, quite unfortunate. And it reminds me, uh, it's quite a similar situation to what he found himself at Chelsea uh, towards the end of his career. Because he, he won the Europa League there, started building a pretty good team and then got cut. So, you know, is it the way that he operates maybe out, off of the field? I, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, they were saying that they expect Pirlo to get rid of about six or seven plays. And if you actually look at the Juventus side, it's a little bit aging, and I'm wondering whether they felt they were coming to the end of an era, and they, yeah, and that's why they they thought sorry in as a bit of a stopgap. But I don't really know. I mean, Juventus did win the league, even if they weren't overly impressive, they did still win the league, and the Italian league was a lot more competitive this year than it has been for quite a few years. So surely they do deserve credit for that. You said uh, end of an era there as well. We'll just touch on uh, the Barcelona game a little bit. Um, yeah. I think you, you said there, there was uh, a section of criticism um, from their fans and from the media for, for the way that the tie was played out. Um, course, yeah. I, th- I think you, and I, I think part of that is because there's a feeling that um, they're not obviously the team that they used to be. Um, and that this the sort of the players that they're bringing in now they're not really supplementing the old ways or uh adhering to sort of the, the standards that Barcelona usually set and uh it was a grind for him it was a slog that time and I don't I, I quite fancy Bayern Munich to do them comfortably in the next round yeah I think Bayern Munich would do them I think Bayern Munich um could could and I and if I was to put money on it, I think Bayern Munich will win the Champions League. I'm praying that I'm praying that they win the Champions League. They're such League. a good side. They they are just they they re- they are really really good side. And I, it's not that I think they're underrated, but they seem to go un- unnoticed a little bit. 
Um, I mean, they they could in. I think some could argue in Robert Lewandowski they've got the best player in world football currently. So far, he's got 13 goals in the Champions League this season. If he scores four more, he'll um, match um, Cristiano Ronaldo's total of 17 Champions League goals in 2013-14 season. And you're talking about matching the record of a player who was in his absolute prime um, at that point. And yeah, I think in Robert Lewandowski, they've just got a phenomenal talent. He was involved in all seven of their goals of the two legs against Chelsea. I mean... If they can, if they can keep him fit and firing, surely they've got a very good chance of winning this year's Champions League. Yeah, and I think everybody is in agreement that he probably got robbed of the Ballon d'Or this year, didn't he? With, with the not going ahead, um, and yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal talent, and it's it's not just him. The players right throughout that uh, Bayern Munich team, he's sort of supplemented by such really just fit, fresh uh, young. Young players, you know, like Gnabry, Kimmich, uh, Diaz, uh, Davis, sorry, I should say. Uh, they've got Sane coming in now as well. The, they're just amazing players to watch. Uh, Thiago, we've been talking about potentially going to Liverpool. Absolutely ripped Chelsea to shreds the other night. He was un- unplayable. And I think you're right, they kind of do go under the um, the radar a little bit. And it, really speaking, that, that you know, that's a miscarriage of justice because it's Bayern Munich at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about the powerhouse of German football and, and European football. And I think you're right. If there's anybody who's going to beat Man City to this year's uh, European Cup, I think it will be them. Uh, they've got a brilliant chance. And it'll be interesting to see what goes on in the Barca game. Um, what, what do you make of the Man City-Leon draw then? I know we, yeah. we touched a little bit on Man City beating Real Madrid and I think that was what I expected. Is that what you expected from that fixture? Yeah, no, of course. Well, should we go through them in, in order? So um, on Wednesday, um, it said Atlanta against PSG. I guess, and you agree with me, that you imagine PSG will win that tie. And you imagine they, um, by Munich against Chelsea, you they could end up winning that tie quite comfortably. Yeah, and um, we said like Atlanta, a great team to watch. Yeah. Uh, I think they scored 100 goals in Serie A or maybe just, just under... Um, and if, you know, I think we'll see him again in the Champions League in the latter stages and coming seasons. But uh, yeah, you'd have to fancy PSG there. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Mbappe is injured, mind, isn't he? Well, they're saying um, they're saying he's a doubt. He's not definitely out, but he is a doubt. You kind of feel that if he's 60, 70 percent, you you'll find a way to get him on the pitch at least for 20 minutes, half an hour especially with the five subs. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you, you'd, have to, you'd have to fancy PSG to go through in that one. No, I um, think so. Next Thursday, the one, Leipzig and Atletico. Yeah, this is quite an interesting one as well because Atletico Madrid came out yesterday and they said that they've tested their squad um, for coronavirus, like, obviously, but two, they had two positive tests, um, which then later came back as negative. So... That's kind of put. I don't. It doesn't look like it's put the match in doubt, but obviously, they've, I'm. I've not actually got the name of those two players, but obviously, it puts their place in the team in doubt. In doubt, and like, it's just. Um, it looks like coronavirus might have a bit of an impact on that tie, um, because it's really troubled Atletico Madrid's um, preparation for the match. Yes, and there's well, there's an example which we'll come on to in a moment. Um, 
for yeah, the qualifying draw that's just been made as well, which, um, well, I suppose we might as well talk about it now just to give a little bit of context. So yeah, Linfield sure. had been uh, drawn uh, in the first quali- round of qualifying for next year's Champions League yeah. uh, against Dreiter. Is that how you do it? I'm pretty certain that's how you say it, yeah. It's a Kosovan team anyway. Um, and that, that they have had players who've tested positive for coronavirus and have had to withdraw from the game. And Linfield have actually been given a place in the next round. Um, I, sorry, sorry that's not that. definitely a fish your bit. That looks like that's what's Oh, okay, happen. sorry. Yeah, then a proposed idea, um, which is, you know... It's quite drastic action, really. I know it's only the first round of qualifying, but if that yeah. was to be the case, um, you know, further up, I don't know. Is that something that they could do? Is that is that how it should work? I guess they could. They could argue that their players should have been more careful. Therefore, they shouldn't have tested positive. Like if their players were careful enough and kept themselves in a bubble, get them kept themselves locked in lockdown, they wouldn't have tested positive. So I guess they're punishing them because their players didn't behave. Because you can't catch a disease if you're not in contact with anyone with the disease. So yeah, I mean it's harsh, but I guess there's no there's no time to replay these games. There's no they, if they tested positive, that's two weeks. There's no time to hold a tie off for two weeks, and they can't risk that. Um, I mean, obviously the players who tested positive won't play against Linfield, but they can't risk that someone's had a false negative and they play against Linfield, and then Linfield players get. Um, coronavirus and then so on and so on so no I, I guess it's the only thing you can do when, when you're on such a tight schedule harsh like but yeah I think it's the only thing that you can do but leading on from this we're going to kind of touch on it a bit later but I kind of feel we're on the topic now so next week Celtic are due to play uh, Rexfitch in the Champions League um, but Celtic's match on tomorrow and Celtic's match over the weekend has been postponed because one of their players has broken lockdown and travelled to Spain and then come back from Spain and didn't observe the 14-day isolation period and played for Celtic over the weekend, which now means that all Celtic players are in lockdown and Celtic cannot play. Um, So it's I wonder whether they're going to have to withdraw from their Champions League tie, which means that they will obviously be out of the Champions League in the first qualifying rounds, which is absolutely massive news if that was to happen, because their side, who, despite coming in the first qualifying round, will feel that they've got a chance of making the group stages. Well, yeah, and everything that comes with it as well, the financial repercussions of not being able to progress, you know, getting to the Champions League group stages. There's a lot of money involved in in just playing those games alone with the television rights and stuff. So I'd I'd love to know what the uh, the disciplinary procedure is going to be for that player if all of that that does transpire because... And you're not just that, he'd be costing his teammates as well. Uh, And I think it's it's fairly selfish, to be honest with you. You're talking um, twenty, thirty million pounds. This could cost yeah. Celtic, it's and, they, and that that's massive money for them. And they've spent a lot of money this season as well. So they might have been banking on that that money coming in. Um, yeah. The other the other round, uh, the other draw for that round, obviously, is Salier versus Dundalk as well. Um, just to finish on that note, um, should we go back to the, the fixtures anyway for the Champions League as we digress? Yeah, so, a little bit on the Barca and, and Bayern game. What yeah, about Man City, we- City Leon. I think Man City will go on and beat Lyon. Um, but if Lyon can play like they did against Juventus, they can keep um, 
a good line, they can be well organized, they can defend well, then they'll at least have a chance in this match. Um, I'm sure they'll pressure uh, Man City high up the pitch with their, when Man City play their short passing, but I, I just can't see any way in which uh, Man City don't win this tie. Yeah, they're going to be hell-bent on getting to the final, as I've said many times. And yeah, you, you just have to fancy them on the strength of what you've seen against Real Madrid. And just generally their form since coming back from lockdown. Uh, they're going to have all of this time to prepare tactically just for these games. Um, I hope Leon win because I think if Man City win the Champions League, it will be a tragedy. But we, you know, can't deny it. If they if they win it, then they'll deserve it. So we, we wait and see what happens there. Um, I mean, I think Bayern Munich will win it anyway, so I don't think we need to worry. I really, I really fucking hope that's the case. I really hope that's the case. Uh, should we talk a little bit about the Europa League then? Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, the Thursday night cup. Yes, it is prestigious, though. I, I always take the piss, only because Man United are in it now. Well, yeah. it used to be, but... I mean, um, the first round of quarterfinals happened yesterday. So, Man United beat FC Copenhagen and Inter Milan beat Bayern Leverkusen. So, they will uh, meet each other in the semi-finals. Man United dominated against FC Copenhagen last night from start to finish. But, um, uh, in Fired performance from the Copenhagen goalkeeper kept it at bay into extra time. Essentially, Man United did get that penalty. It was absolutely stonewall. Um, unfortunately, for those people who often have a film about Man United penalties, but this was a stonewaller. And there was no complaints. Um, so, yeah, so they were facing to Milan, who beat uh, Leverkusen 2 1. And that would be an interesting tie because obviously Inter Milan has um, Sanchez and Lukaku playing for them. So it'd be interesting how they do against Man United. And then the two quarterfinal ties stood to take place. Shakhtar Donetsk against Bao and Wolves against Seville. Um, the Wolves-Seville one, I think, is the more interesting one. Is Seville is probably the second favourites to win this competition. And... Wolves were really haven't really impressed all that much since lockdown, so I can't really see Wolves get into the semi-finals. Unfortunately, because obviously it's nice to see those um, English sides do well in Europe. But yeah, what do you kind of make of it all? I didn't see the uh, United game, if I'm being honest, but I did hear the Copenhagen keeper had an absolute blinder, and he's all over social media this morning. Um, obviously they were going to win by a penalty weren't they it was Manchester United but uh, I obviously no I didn't see the penalty incident I'm only joking uh, I only I didn't see the penalty incident um, it is astonishing that they've had 20, 21 penalties is it this season that, that's, that's an astonishing amount I don't think some, some teams haven't had that in 10 years uh, which is mental um, but I don't yeah. think any team's not had 21 penalties in 10 years but anyway I'm going to find I'm going to find that's that and come back to you Um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so well done to them for getting for getting through. United probably should, you know, have real ambition of winning that trophy now. Um, it'll get them, well, they've got uh, Champions League football sewn up anyway, but just getting that silverware in, and obviously they won it a couple of years ago. So add to the collection. Um, Inter versus Bayern Leverkusen. Uh, I, from what I've seen, I think there was a few uh, howlers missed, wasn't there, by Kai Havertz, who's... Um, potentially Chelsea-bound or Premier League-bound. Um, but Inter have had a great season all round anyway. Be interested to see Lukaku back up against uh, United because he's had uh, an amazing season in Italy and he's the first 
uh, into player, I think, to score over 30 goals in a league season for I don't know how long. And, and the list of strikers who, who were on there, you've got like Crespo, Ronaldo, um, Samuel Eto, the list goes on. So he, he's, you know, he's had a phenomenal season, fair play to him. Um, and yeah, I, I can't say too much about Shakhtar and Baal because I don't know uh, the team so well. But I'm going to go against your prediction with Wolves and Sevilla. I think Wolves um, will feel, will fancy their chances to get to at least the next round or maybe even the final because they've got nothing else to play for. I think they've got an amazing manager, really, really good team. And I, I, I don't see a reason why they can't beat Sevilla anyway. From what I've seen from Sevilla this season, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see why Wolves can't go through to the next round. And I think it would be an incredible achievement for, uh, for them if they, if they can do that. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what they, if they manage to get United. Is that what the, the tie would be then? They'd get it would be a Wolves Man United final if it worked out that way. Ah, right. I think United would fancy that, wouldn't they? But that would be wicked. I, I think that yeah. would be a wicked final to watch. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Also having a look, little look at the qualifying rounds. There, Barry Town might go and watch that game. Local to me, obviously, if any and anybody else in Cardiff who's listening to that. Uh but yeah, I, I, I fancy who do you who have you plumped for winning the, the, the Europa League? Who do you think out of them's got the most potential? You going for United? I think United will win it, yeah. Um I know it's the obvious answer, but yeah, I think United will win the Europa League and Bayern will win the Champions League. We could I, have the potential for two both the European trophies in Manchester. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Just before we kind of move on, though, so you were saying how Barry Town are obviously in the Europa League. Um, if they do win their first qualifying round against NSI of Iceland, do you know who they will face in their next round? Who's that? Barry Town United, if they do get through their first qualifying round, will face the good old-fashioned Aberdeen. So that would be a very interesting match if it's Aberdeen-Barry Town in the Europa League second qualifying round. I think my allegiances will be torn there, to be honest with you. I know, so it'd be it'd be Joe's local side. I mean, Barry's probably what? Their stadium's probably less than a 20-minute drive from your house? Yeah, 20 minutes, half hour. Yeah. Local and, enough, local enough. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, so, shall we move on from the European football Aye. and talk Aye. about... Scottish football. And before we kind of say anything else, can we just all take a moment here to appreciate the Hibs are top of the league and that might never be the case again during this series of podcasts. So can we all just take one second just to appreciate that? Thank you, Joel. Over to you. Some uh, interesting results again from the weekend. Um, Hibs, again, as you said, brilliant result against Livingston on that fucking horrible pitch. Um Cheap looking, if I might add, as well. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but that was the first time I'd seen uh, the Livingston pitch, um, and it just looks god awful. Uh, I, it, it looks, yeah, it just looks god awful. Anyway, I digress. Oh, no, it's terrible, don't mind. Everyone agrees. Uh, so Hibs, yeah, to get a four-one win away, I think you would agree. Owen was a, a phenomenal result, wasn't it? Not many people go to Livingston and get results. No, of course, yeah, it was a very good result. We didn't expect to win comfortably at all. Um, we didn't win their last season. Only Aberdeen and Celtic did win their last season. And so any kind of win would have been a bonus. So to go there and win so comfortably was just phenomenal. Yeah, it was a great, great result. Uh, we had Ross County. Uh, they got another win against Hamilton. Um, you know, excellent start for them as well. David De Gea as manager. 
can't think of his name, but his scary likeness. Kettlewell. Ah, Kettlewell. Kettlewell. David de Kettlewell. Um, yeah, so David de Kettlewell's men, uh, they got a 1-0 win. Uh, another surprise win, would you say, Oh. I wouldn't say this one was so much of a surprise win, but I did think that um, Hamilton had a chance in this game. And as Pundit said afterwards, it was one of those matches which either side could have won. Um, but yeah, so no, but a great result for Hamilton. And I'm sure they'll be uh, a great result for us, County, and I'm sure they'll be very happy with it. And I'm not sure how they'll do now for the rest of the season, but they've, they've had a great start to the season. Uh, we've got next up, we've got Motherwell and Dundee United. Dundee taking a 1-0 win again. Another good win for them. Haven't just come up this season. Um, or they, I think it's drew last week. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, good good away win for them. Motherwell, obviously, normally in that top six, aren't they? So Dundee will see that as a good three points. Yeah, no, definitely Dundee United. They played really well. They've got um, Hibs shortly. So that would be a, um, an interesting match to see how they fare against the team near the top of the league but um, no overall um, I think Dundee United would be very happy with that performance but Motherwell just have not started well at all and they would be disappointed to have lost again indeed they will uh, next up we got Rangers and St Mirren Rangers another 3-0 win another clean sheet doing pretty well solid start to the season after beating Aberdeen last week as well uh, what did you make of that game Mo? Yeah, so no, Rangers um, very much um, dominated the match. Um, Morella's got two goals for the first time since February. Um, He might not be there too much longer, but Rangers would be happy that he's at least scoring goals again. Um, I said last week that I expected that Rangers would win that comfortably, and that proved to be the case. Um, Teams like St. Moon and Hamilton are not going to be the ones who get points from the old firm. It's as expected, really. So, but Rangers are obviously going to be happy to get the three points. Yeah, they will, considering Celtic had their first stumble of the season as well uh, against Kilmarnock away. That was a one-all game. Um, clearly, is a hard game, I think, for anybody away game for anybody in the league. But will Celtic be disappointed that they drop points? Yeah, they will be very disappointed. Um, it's another pitch that's not great. Ryan Christie, the Celtic midfielder, scored an absolute beauty in this game. It was very similar to Joel Bryan's goal for Fulham in the playoff final. Um, it was about 30 yards out, right into the bottom corner. It was a lovely strike. Um, but it was maybe that this the game needed a bit of magic to get past Kilmarnock. But Celtic just couldn't couldn't cope with elements of the Kilmarnock attack and gave away a silly penalty, which Chris Burke scored. So Chris Burke made it two in two goals, two goals in two games. And yeah, and Kilmarnock would be very happy with the with the point um, and Celtic would be, of course, disappointed. And also to make this worse, Celtic's match with St Mirren tomorrow and Celtic's match with Aberdeen on the weekend have now both been postponed because of the coronavirus because of their player going to Spain and then playing in a match. So they, that's two two matches behind. So that's like seven, eight points that they could be off the lead before they play again um, this early into the season. And that's pretty massive, really. So they, their fans are going to be slightly worried already that maybe 10 in the row is just not going to happen. Because eight points is a lot in a tight, when you expect a tight race to be tight. Well, yeah, and Rangers are defending well and getting the results as well. And if they can keep Morelos, as you said, he's banged into um, 
for the first time in God knows how long. You you never know. Maybe Stevie could do it. Um, obviously, the big omission from that there is my team, Aberdeen. Um, obviously, haven't played because some people just can't stick to the fucking rules, can they, Owen? Nah. Um, I don't want to slate these Aberdeen players too much because they've been slated by everyone everywhere. Um, but in case you... Um, if I know that some people who listen to this podcast don't really know too much about Scottish football. So just to let you know what happened was eight Aberdeen players went for a drink um, where they went for food and then for drinks. But they went to a bar called Solba and Solba is pretty much like a kind of like a mini club. It's plays like loud music, so open to three o'clock in the morning. It's a place that pretty much you shouldn't be going um, to during um, a COVID outbreak, especially if you're a footballer um, and you need to make sure that you're not catching any um, diseases so that you can still play football. So, no, it was a bit ridiculous. Um, the bar actually had a COVID um, outbreak, so it wasn't just Aberdeen players. The bar had a COVID outbreak, and then two of the Aberdeen players t- tested positively to COVID. But because obviously all eight players were together for the whole night, they now have to self-isolate for two weeks. Um, this has been big news in Scotland. Um, um, Nicola Sturgeon has said, uh, no uncertain terms, this is now the final warning. Any more mishaps in Scottish football will be stopped again. She said today, um, to put into football terms, sorry, she, she said this, to put into football terms, um, Scottish football is on a yellow card. One more mistake and that's the red. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty... can you imagine Sturgeon ref in a game as well? I can actually imagine that. I'd imagine she'd be pretty strict. Like, I mean, there's actually um, talking about politics and football. The leader of the Scottish Conservatives um, is also a linesman in Scotland. So, I, I mean, politicians don't mind being hated. So, I guess being a referee and a politician kind of works. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we digress um, so yeah that was disappointing Aberdeen in a similar situation to Celtic as well if they don't play these games any ambitions or even ambitions of finishing in the top six could be in jeopardy at the moment so you know they need to be considering that and if I was the gaffer they'd be saying yeah Dunny go out if you can he win the game No, and they lost well, against Rangers so they didn't deserve a drink well this is the point Willie Miller who's an Aberdeen legend um, who you should know um, he said like Back in the in the past, you don't go out after losing to Rangers, whatever. So especially you don't go out lo- after You're losing fucking to Rangers Danny deserve a, a coronavirus drink. outbreak. Yeah, so now, Danny deserve a drink. I, I, I think we should him. maybe be stopping with your offensive Scottish accent. Nah, nah. Uh, it's the best I can do. It's the best I can do. So I don't don't do it at all then. <laughs> Anyway, you digress. Um, no, I think it's a shambles. You shouldn't be going out and having a drink after you lost. Like, first game, it's the first week of the season as well. So, yeah. anyway, that's just my views. Uh, we'll have a little look at the this is Scottish League Cup draw. Uh, don't know, do you want to have a little go through that, Owen? Read out the groups? Yeah, so this, the way the League Cup works in Scotland is that it's um, in, puts into groups and then you get to the, um, the last 16 stage. Um, in which the teams who are in Europe enter. So Group A is Hart, Inverness, Cowden, Beef, Braithorvis and East Fife. Group B is Hibs, Dundee, Fulford Athletic and Borough Rangers. Group C is Kelty Hearts, St. Johnston, Dungeon United, Peterhead and Brecon City. 
Group D is Montrose, Arbroath, Elgin City, Stirling Albion and Ross County. Group E is Comanic, Dunfermline Athletic, Clyde, Dumbarton and Falkirk. Group F is Hamilton, United, Stranraer, Albion Rovers and Annan Athletic. Group G is St Mirren, Greenock Morton, Queen of the South, Patrick Thistle and Queen's Park. And the final group, Group H, is Livingston, Alloa, Strenashmuir, Erdry and Edinburgh City. Are you looking for a job with Sky? <laughs> do you reckon I could or do the, it? Or the BBC? I don't know. You definitely tried to put on the voice then. I, I, you know, there was a little hint of that going on there. Nice, so maybe, professional. You were working, here, like I'm not gonna, not gonna deny. I should maybe apply for one of the jobs there. If you get a job in any, any of those positions, though, just don't forget who you started with. All right, mate. Just don't I forget your roots. I'll not forget it. Not forget at all. Um, right before we move, well, I think we should move on now. So that was the uh, the League Cup draws then for in Scotland. Um, let's have a little look about what's been going on around the world of football. Um, something we touched on earlier in the pod. Uh, was Pearl OT Aventus, which I think is a very interesting conversation. We've seen it in recent times, the great midfielders of, of the generation just passed, now coming into the fore and, and doing it at the, the very highest level in management with uh, with Lampard and Gerard being at the forefront of that. I think it's an interesting idea that Pirlo has been given the job at Juventus. He was coach of the under-23 side for what I think was 10 days. And he doesn't actually have any other coaching experience. So it just seems a very strange one. Like Frank Lampard came to Chelsea, but he'd been manager of Derby for a year. Um, like Shaw Scovey, she went to Man United, but he'd been managing for a bit, despite maybe not a very high level before that. It just seems very odd that um, Andre Pirlo, however good a footballer he was, has just come in and is manager of one of the biggest sides in Europe. Yeah, it just—it's just very strange. Completely, I just don't really understand how that how it's happened. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you, and um, I think you're right. They, you know, Lampard had the experience of Derby. Obviously, uh, Solskjaer was manager of Cardiff before, which is essentially the pinnacle of football, anyway. Um, but yeah, they they had good experience before they went into these roles, and Perlo obviously isn't going to have that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll probably still know if a lot of the players who are playing in the squad, Chiellini's, Benucci's, um, you know, players who've been there for a long, long time. Uh, so you'll have the instant credibility of the players, I suppose, is one one aspect that you can look at. Um, you don't know. He is literally was the coolest man in football, wasn't he, yeah. when he was playing? And, and he's an absolute genius of, of a player. It could one, transpire that he's a genius of a manager, but one, it's one really, foot. Sorry, one thing though that's kind of been said about Pirlo is Pirlo, one of the things that was so great about Pirlo as a footballer was his football brain. It wasn't like his raw ability. It was the way in which, I mean, I know he had raw ability too, but it was the way in which he read the game. And obviously, as a manager, you want someone who knows the game and can read it well. And by all accounts, he does know the game like the back of his hand. And he... As a player, he could read the match. He just seemed to find space and a pass like no one else on the pitch could see. So maybe that means that he will be a good manager. He was well. He was comfortably. Yeah, you got your Chavis and Yesters. Yeah, he's he's there, isn't he? He's he's right, right up there. Very different type of midfielder to like you know a Gerrard and Lampard. But just like you said, 
somebody who just run a game. I think a lot of people love him because he did it at the World Cup. And, you know, it's the same reason the way everyone yeah. loves Ronaldo of Brazil because he, he just gives you moments that you just don't forget. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he, he was one of those players. And uh, it'll be interesting. I hope he does really well at Juventus. Uh, obviously, they've been very cutthroat with Savio, as we said. Yeah. Probably, you know, maybe a bit too harsh there. Um, but, and if I'm being completely honest, I, I, I thought maybe Guardiola, when I seen that happen, I thought, you know, if Guardiola doesn't win the Champions League, would he leave? We discussed that before. Or would they go for somebody like that? But, oh, yeah. it's, it's interesting anyway. And they're putting their faith in... Um, in a young manager which is obviously not something that they it's, usually do what's quite funny is um, Pirlo was once quoted I think it was in this book he said I wouldn't bet a single cent on me becoming a manager though it's not a job I'm attracted to there are too many worries so something changed his mind eh you know he's got to manage he's got to go and manage Ronaldo and I'm sure there's probably yeah. a couple of other egos within that Juventus team uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see Um we talk a little bit about the women's football. We don't often touch on women's football as much as we do. So uh, we thought it would be important to, to touch on the restart of the Premier League season for them. Uh, it's on the 6th of September, so not very long to wait now. No. Um, an interesting story that arose... Uh, arose? An interesting story that arose in the Netherlands uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure of the, the young lady's name, but she... Um, the, Ellen, El, Ellen Fulkema, F-O-K-K-E-M-A. And she's a 19-year-old that came through the youth ranks at a Dutch fourth division side, VV Forats. Yes, and she's been allowed to go and join in with the gentleman and, and, and play the men's game, has she not? She has, yeah, that's correct. So the Dutch um, Football Federation have given the club permission to for her to join the senior men's side. I know. I was just going to say, obviously, is indicates that you know she's got some real raw ability and obviously good enough to be to be playing with the men. And that is that in itself, that term, good enough to play for the men. Um, I suppose that's the, that's something that needs to be challenged now, doesn't it? If this is something that potentially could be taken off. What's your views on it? Because I, I'm not, I'm, I don't even think I'm really torn on it. I think if women, uh, you know, had the technical ability to play yep. professional football, I, I don't understand why, uh, why they shouldn't be allowed to play. I, I've, I've always thought that from a young age. Um, I've yet to meet somebody who can give me a convincing argument as to why they shouldn't. Okay, so, so what's, um, what's your views on it? So um, I had a bit of a conversation over on social media with a football coach. Um, he's an English man who's based out in Latvia. Um, and he he said he could see this happening. And he actually said that when he was younger, he had, um, when he was coaching, when he was younger, he had a goalkeeper who was very good. Um, and he thought it could maybe happen. He, he thought um, maybe he should speak with the Latvian Football Association about playing this female in the males team. He said in the end, he did, it didn't happen. But he, it, like he did feel like there was females who could play at the at the level of the men's teams that he was coaching. But what he did say was he thought the the problem is that it doesn't the quality, whether they're good enough, kind of doesn't matter because the thing is, you're he argued you're opening a can of worms because if you start allowing females to play, 
in male teams, then surely you're then saying it's a mixed sport. And then you then allow men to play in female sides. And then uh, men, men who say aren't good enough to play at a higher level in the male game then play female football in the Premier League. And yeah, basically he was concerned that it would open up a whole new um, range of issues if you allow females to play in the men's game because at the end of the day, it's men's football and female football. Um, I'm not really sure you you do open up those kind of worms. I, I That was an argument that was put to me. I, more like yourself, I don't really agree with that. I think it's very much done on a case-by-case basis and you'd never allow um, a male to play the female game in the same way because for a female to be good enough to play in the men's game, they have to be at the very top of their game. So they'll be super professional. Um, And I think if they give that much to the sport, then you've got to give them a chance if they want to be given that chance. Um, And I think the argument, putting it that way, I think the argument's completely different. So I don't, I don't, I don't agree that it will open a kind of worms. And I think it could be an interesting way to help promote the female game. Um, I do think it may be though might dilute the female game if their best players are play, playing fourth division men's football. Well, I, I don't think the female game would exist with it. That would be the the idea. Then would be that there's one game and we all play it, and yeah. that yeah, there would not in theory there wouldn't be a women's league. And I don't yeah. think I think that's the sure answer to uh, the the you know it'll open up a can of worms. It won't. It just means that women will have restricted opportunities to play professional football uh, as a start because they join a pool of, you know, they're already joining a pool full of millions and millions and billions of men and boys who try and play the professional game. So, you know, it won't saturate them. If anything, it may make them better players playing at grassroots levels with boys right the way up. Um, It would be interesting to see. One thing I did just think about then, though, was pregnancy. How would how would like a lady if she like at the age of twenty five or twenty six, twenty seven, whatever, decides actually I want to have a kid and I need to take the year out of football? Little things like that, like contracts, those sort of things. Yeah, would, those uh, kind of things. Those kind they of would be that, variables, yeah. obviously. They those kind of things are understood in the fem in the female game as well. Um, I don't think they get you. You would have leniency because the men's game is, a, is first and foremost is a business, isn't it? Yeah, uh, exactly. they're in it. To, they're in it to make money. It's not just about playing and being fair. And yeah, it's an interesting. It's a really interesting uh, conversation to have. And like I said, I, I've yet to meet somebody who could give a really compelling argument as to why that shouldn't be the case. Um, and credit to the these, you know, to the team in Holland for being, you know, having just being flexible and, and yeah. you know being able to give that a go and uh, and all power to that girl as well. I, I hope she does really well. Um, and if you have any thoughts on this, any of the listeners, please like get in touch on our, on our socials and stuff as well and, and let us know what you think. And we'll just finish up with a bit of good news now. So a bit of a random story and not one that you hear all the time. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi played a Sunday league game 12 hours after the, uh, the Bayern Munich match. Um, a game in which he also played 90 minutes in. Yeah. So... Fair play to him for turning up to that. Uh, you tell me this game was put on for a good cause, Owen. So the picture was part of an anti-knife crime um, event in Croydon in South London. And it was like part of a Black Lives Matter movement as well. And it was just to kind of raise awareness. 
I think a lot of to do with get it, stopping gang culture in the local area. So Callum Hudson Odoi obviously thought it was something that he really felt strongly about and wanted to help out with. So despite the game kicking off at half ten, after and I don't imagine he would have been back from Germany much earlier than about two in the morning. He did, yeah, he went and played. They, his side ended up losing 5-3, but still, he still went out and played. And he posed for loads of photos afterwards, which is, of course, a really lovely touch as well. Yeah, good on the lads. And, uh, and that'll be it for, the, for this week. It's been really enjoyable. Uh, Owen, I'm going to let you go now because I know Hibs are playing live and you're absolutely itching to go and watch them. Thanks very uh, much. So go and enjoy the league leaders. And we're going to be do. taking a little fortnight break, guys, for our regular listeners. Um, so we will be back with you in two weeks so please keep your ears peeled and we'll see you soon cheers there thank you right Harry did you see that ludicrous display last night the shepherd is in clearly and he tee up someone in red and it goes to one it's a what's about that Genius is the difference.